I'm sales team turnaround specialist, Jeremy DeMerchant. And each week I bring sales leaders like you, experts and insights that will help you level up your leadership, motivate like a master, and ultimately crush your comp plan. If it's time to raise the bar on your team's performance, then it's time for Sales Team Rescue. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are live with episode number 15 of Sales Team Rescue. I am your host, Jeremy DeMerchant, and today I have got a special guest joining me. And Craig March, let me just do a little fancy title adjustment. Here we go. Craig March, president of Productive. He is a business systems expert, a business accountability coach, and combines both of these skills to help business owners drive productivity. Hence the name of his company, Productive. And his entire theme in his business, in his coaching, in his support, and the accountability is all how to maximize productivity. And today we are going to dive in specifically on how this relates to the sales process. So Craig, welcome and thank you for joining us. Hey, nice to be here. Thanks for inviting me, uh, Jeremy. Yeah, so tell me a little bit about how you got to where you're at right now. Okay, well, I've spent the last roughly 15 to 20 years working with systems for very big companies, okay? And uh, there's usually a challenge working with people, trying to get people to use systems effectively. Over the last couple of years, I've decided to get into uh, putting in systems for smaller companies, and part of that is, of course, in the sales process. So basically what we do is we automate many steps in the sales process. So as their businesses grow, uh, it, uh, it allows them to scale up very easily. Awesome. So yeah. I, I think this is a, a pretty significant part of the, the sales process because when it comes to technology, we kind of, I've seen anyway, two types of salespeople, if I'm going to be far too stereotypical. Um, the, the very eager salesperson who wants to rely heavily on tech and sometimes spends way too much time on the technology and ends up getting lost in that and not doing a good job sale and from a sales perspective. Or you've got someone who might be a little more old school who is happy to write down all the sales conversations or in all, all the notes and all the orders in like a notebook or, you know, if they're ahead a couple of years, a spreadsheet, right? Exactly. So, tell, so, so tell me when you go in and help a company, um, where are they typically at? Do they normally have some some tech in place or are they often just starting from scratch and you're trying to pull them out of spreadsheets? Most of the time when I go to visit clients, they have the wrong tech in place. They started out with the system, it allowed them to grow to a certain point. The problem is, is that they don't have the system that allows them to keep on scaling. Just as an example, I, I was working with a client last week and he was literally working eight to 10 hours a day uh, very successful in his in his business, but he was just so busy, so he needed a solution. So in his case, he had many leads coming in. A lot of those leads were low value that really weren't going to lead to a, to a significant sale, but some of them were. So he spent all of his time trying to go through all of the leads to find them. So what we ended up doing was was uh, designing a form that he could send to each of those leads, and they and they answered some questions, and based on those questions, it would score the quality of that lead for them. So now rather than spending eight, 10 hours a day, now they can spend two hours a day finding the high value leads. Awesome. Which allows so, them to get more sales. Yeah. So you, you've automated the lead scoring process is what it sounds Absolutely. like. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so in this guy's case, he had four main services. So, so depending on the service that they selected, there was a bunch of other questions that they answered. So his point was that if they didn't want to take the time to fill out a few answers to a few questions, 
and they probably weren't a great quality lead to start with. But the ones that did, now all of a sudden they're being scored, they're putting right to the top of the list, and a sales team can follow up on those high value ones first. Gotcha, gotcha. So understanding that although there might be more people that don't want to that are interested, or I guess some people would say you know suspects versus prospects. Um, but th- if they're not willing to at least put a little time in to, to qualify themselves, they're probably, they probably shouldn't be your priority. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Awesome. So one of the key pieces is automation for you. Now I, lo- I know that there's a lot of tech and we will give a plug because I know there's one particular software that you really love. So we can, we can give a, a shout out to that shortly, but before we get to the tech, because um, uh, we had um, a gentleman a few weeks ago as well who is in a similar space, works with a different software, and I want to focus on the process first. And he says, and I know you, you have the same perspective, is you want to build out the process before you worry about the tech, right? Because there's lots of tech that can fit it, and often you can customize the tech to make things work. So for you, tell me, when you sit down with somebody, um, first of all, how often do you feel like they have their sales process effectively designed or mapped out? Um, I'll say not very often. So we, that's one of the first things that we have to do is we have to redesign the process. Oh, we might be losing Craig. It's the beauty of life. Mm-mm-mm. All right, so we are here on episode 15 of Sales Team Rescue, and our guest, Craig March, looks like he might have just gotten kicked off, so we will, I'll just shoot him a note and see if we can get him back on. Mm-mm-mm. We will see how we do here. All right. While we are here, thank you, those of you that are live watching and commenting from all over the world. I see comments from Fredericton. I see likes from Ottawa. We've got people all over the U.S. and Canada. And oh, maybe we have some international viewers as well. So welcome. I'm super excited to be here. Love this show. Thank you all for making this show possible. Um, I, I love talking to, uh, to you about what you can do to build and grow your sales teams and uh, and continue to grow your business and revenue. Mm-mm. All right, sorry, I'm just messaging Craig here. It looks like he got booted. Technology at its best. <laughs> um, so while we are here, those of you watching live, feel free to throw some questions in the chat box and uh, and we will do our best to answer them. Um, I will see if I can monitor through the different places that this is shared. Let me see here. All right. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Awesome. All right. So we've got Craig jumping back on. Of course, makes me very happy. And so, when we're talking about sales process, and I'll get started, um, and Craig will join us when he can. The key pieces that I've found with designing your sales process is 
focusing on what I call conversion points. And these conversion points are vital uh, because these are the points where your prospect, your client, your, I mean, you can call them leads, depending on what your language is you use in your business. Every single place that there's a contact with them and that they have a decision to make. The decision, um, it may very well just be to answer a phone. It may be to reply to an email. It might be to click on an ad. Um, it might be to say yes to a sale if you're in a sales conversation or you're looking at a landing page. But I call all these conversion points. And we need to think about these as we map out the process. Let me check on Craig one more time. All right. He's, uh, he's working on the tech. Okay. So I challenge you when you're designing your sales process to think about not only where do you have contact with your prospect, but what those conversion points are where they have that decision to make. So you might have a category in your pipeline, we're going to call it, uh, in the first part of your sales process, where you want to just collect people that have shown some sort of interest. So maybe the status is lead or inquiry um, or you know find some language so that when you look at your pipeline and often pipelines are shown in uh, a Kanban board style, which means as you see it, you can actually drag between different sections. It's kind of like if you use like Trello or Asana, um, they both have the feature where you can drag somebody throughout the pipeline. And with the design, you want to be able to look at the board. We're going to call it the pipeline and see who is in the specific category and know that these are ones that you want to act on in a specific way. So for example, if you have someone that uh, maybe you send a proposal out and they have not yet confirmed or you're trying to book a follow-up, um, proposal sent is a very common uh, category or stage in a sales process or in a pipeline. Because once you've sent that out, you can go back and you know when you start your day off, hey, let's start by going right to this list of people where the proposals have been sent and we have not gotten back to them or they haven't gotten back to us. Right? This allows you to focus on your, your top prospects, your fastest path to cash, your lowest hanging fruit, whatever language you want to use around that. And being able to do so um, just allows you to start off with a whole lot of wins. And so often what you'll find is as a sales process is mapped out, and again, when Craig jumps back on, uh, we'll go through more detail, but when you have this mapped out, you're going to be able to look at specific stages in your pipeline and be able to identify who has the highest likelihood of closing or who is the hottest lead, hottest prospect. And so people early on, maybe they don't know you like you and trust you yet, right? We're all familiar with the phrase coined by Bob Berg. Um, they, they might not be as hot. In fact, they're almost always not as hot or warm as someone that's had a longer conversation with you or, um, or seen you on a webinar or live on a stage, something like that where you've built authority, right? So be very aware that you want to design your process and map out your stages in a way that you can look at that stage and say, instantly, you know exactly what type of activity you need to do to that person in the audience, okay? So th this is really key. Um, another thing that I'll talk about around sales process that's less about the formal pipeline and more about the procedures that you want to set up. Uh, think about your follow-up. Think about 
what strategy you use, how people come into your business, how prospects or leads come into your business. Are they, do they inquire online? Are they taking the first action? Or um, did someone come from a list somewhere uh, and you might need to go through and um, indoctrinate them into you and your messaging? Uh, maybe they downloaded something free through a Facebook ad, right? So what's the path they that they took to get to where they're at in your business right now? And then how do you treat them with that in mind? So if somebody comes to me, uh, I'm speaking on stage, and at the end uh, of any presentation I do on stage, I always have some kind of call to action. Uh, most recently, it's been text your name and email to and your phone number to this number, and I'll send you A, B, and C. And so if they've seen me on stage, they have a really high level of authority um, in their mind for me, which means I can actually get them to take an action that requires more trust. And so that might be a very specific uh, flow or pipeline that I designed for that part of my business. So if you have different products or different processes um, or different flows that people come in, then you want to create separate pipelines for that. And I see we have Craig back. So let's bring Craig back in. Awesome. Welcome back, Craig. Hey. Awesome. So um, I was just going over um, in general, just talking about pipeline stuff and uh, what to think about when you're developing stages. And we're going to get your input on that as well. Um, and my last point that I made was really around uh how if you have separate processes or separate flows in your business, then multiple pipelines can be um, very valuable. So with you, when you sit down and work with somebody and you realize you've got to remap their whole process because it's not mapped out correctly, where do you start? That's a good question. We, we usually, what I was getting at before when, when I was cut off there is that we typically look at the entire process right from lead generation right through to the sale and payment. So the systems that we have do that. And what we do try to do is we try to integrate the whole process together. So, so in a, in a typical CRM system, the, the, the standard lingo is a, a, a deal when you're getting into your pipeline. So as soon as you determine that a lead, hey, this could be something, could, could be a sale, then you create a deal. Uh, we try to keep it as simple and as short as possible in terms of all of the stages, mm. starting from a new deal through to uh, when it's estimated through and, to when the deal is won. And, and let me jump in really quick, because for those of you, I know we've got people viewing from all different experience levels. Um, when you say CRM, you mean customer relationship management system. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So pretty much any any business owner out there, uh, if you don't have a CRM already, that's the basic system that you need along with your financial system. It's your client database. Uh, basically, everything that you do, you gather information on your clients and you're actually building the value of your company in through your CRM. So normally you'd be capturing this information through email and all different sources. But if you have a CRM, it connects it all together. So now all of a sudden you're starting to build the value in your customer database. Well, and I think there's there's a lot of value to that because when when you're looking at somebody's profile, and how often do we go back and like, oh, uh, I haven't talked to Craig in a while. I wonder what he's up to. And I'm trying to remember that last conversation. And hey, was this when he invited me to this networking group or was it when we talked about this presentation, right? And when you're trying to remember, it, well, you just can't most of the time. And if you, 
and you're going to spend a lot of time trying to sort it out. But when you've got things mapped out in a CRM, especially a good one like the one you prefer, kind of plugging it, because um, I do use the same system that you uh, you prefer. Again, we'll, we'll plug that in a little bit. But to be able to have it all in one spot, to be able to see all the communications, all the emails, um, notes from all the conversations, uh, with some systems, including the one you're going to speak about, uh, you know, there's ways that you can integrate phone systems so call recordings can, can land in there. Everything's all in one spot. And I think that's really, really vital because in sales systems, um, in sales processes, and in sales teams, there's a lot of shifting. Um, I know with the team that I work really closely with, we often move people on and off campaigns just for variety. Um, sometimes we move leads between people because some person's personality uh, might not click as well with the prospect. And we'll go, okay, we're going to move these leads over to this person now and have somebody else take a shot at them. And sometimes that personality just clicks better. So being able to have all that information in one spot is really, really valuable. And especially from a management perspective, if somebody's sick and you need to go in yourself as you know the manager of the team or the owner of the business, you need to go in and take care of this client. If they have a question, you need to know what's going on. So that's where I found a lot of value in CRMs in general. Yeah, and, and the point is here is that you have to understand that, that there's value in that data just to what you're saying. Uh, you have to be disciplined as a salesperson or a business owner uh, to make sure that you capture the data in the right way. So when you do hand it off, there's no break in uh, communication because that's when things fall apart, of course, in the sales process. Right. So when I so when I talk about um, having the, the correct system, but also having the accountability, actually using the system in the right way. Now most CRMs are the same. Again, the one that we're talking about is a little more broad in what it can do, but generally most CRMs will capture the data for you. You just have to be disciplined in putting it in a in a in a constant way, in a, in a consistent way. And so way. when we when I first introduced you, um, I talked a little bit about the accountability coaching. Um, so when you do that, because this is obviously a problem that you see within sales teams, otherwise you wouldn't offer it. Tell me a little bit about what that looks like or what, um, how might somebody know that the issue isn't necessarily a systems problem, but more of an accountability problem? Well, you know, they know themselves. As I start to coach them in using their systems, I tell them to, you know, what, what they have to do in terms of being consistent. And you made a point earlier that some people are old school. They just want to go out and they want to make the sale. Whereas some other people, younger people, would probably take more time. They're more techy and use the system. But there's definitely a balance there. You need to make the sale, but you also have to look after your data. And it's kind of short-term pain for long-term gain. I guess well, once upon a time, yeah, once upon a time in an online university that I uh, used to work at, I closed a sale, enrolled a student, um, and... I didn't get credit for that sale and I got very upset and I went to the, uh, the registrar's office at the university and said, what's the deal? And she looked at me right in the eye and she said, if it's not in the CRM, it didn't happen. Exactly. And therefore she didn't give me credit for the sale because I didn't take my notes. I didn't process the deal. I didn't drag it through the, the stages. I didn't do any of the admin. I could tell them everything about the, you know, the student and how amazing she was and all the things that had to happen for her to be successful, but it wasn't in the system. And so that was the lesson. And if, if you want to take anything away from my perspective, Craig's got lots of gold that he's going to share, but from my perspective, guys, when it comes to using a system, using a CRM, just take this. 
if it's not in the system, it didn't happen. Okay, sorry. Absolutely. That's my <laughs> so I, I actually have a little uh, story as well. I uh, I had a call from a company a few years ago, and they were they were recruiting me for a project. Okay, mm-hmm. and at the time I didn't go there, but we had a little conversation. Five years later, I had another call from the same company, and they said, "Hey, you were you were previously talking to my colleague." Here were some of the details that you talked about. And at the time I was implementing CRMs and I said, wow, these guys have a good CRM and they're actually utilizing it in the right way. And I thought it was pretty cool that I remembered a conversation that I had five years ago. That's it. So there's value in that as well. Yeah. I made a joke one time to my barber. Um, I said, like, he just seems to know. And barbers have this like skill that most salespeople struggle with. Uh, but I just, man, you must like write down our conversations in a CRM somewhere. And he made a joke and said, well, we could, but I don't. Um, but so even at a barber shop, though they have a system that could take notes of things like important dates or um, so the the support that a CRM provides is extremely significant and impactful to the success of business and and building that relationship, right? Like I want you to know um, that like when you call, I want you to say, hey, by the way, last time you said your nephew is doing X Y Z, how'd that go? Even if it wasn't well, exactly. The same- Right. They, I, they don't even, I don't even need to remember the person. I don't care. Well, that's the thing. And, and that goes right back to the design because you can have a, you can, you can actually create fields for special notes about that contact. Mm, so you just right, go to right. it and say, Hey, do I make a special note? You go to it and say, Hey, and you remember something from before. Well, that, as you know, really, really helps the sales process really helps you to connect. So, so we've got people watching at home that have all different skill levels and experience levels with sales teams and CRMs. Um, what can you share for them that they can apply no matter what system they're using? Um, can you give you know two or three tips or whatever number makes sense? Um, let's say three. Three tips when it comes to looking at their sales process, whether it's to identify that something's not working right or things that they can do to make sure it is or something with their pipeline. Like what, what would you recommend um, for people to take action? Well, I guess I, my, my answer comes more from a, a systems perspective. As you're, as you're maintaining your system, you should be looking at the reports and looking at your data and making sure everything, every, and everything is good. So if, if you're doing that properly, you should be able to quickly identify if there are problem areas. If there's uh, data that you're, let's say people on your sales team are not entering uh, correctly, Again, there's ways around that too because we can have uh, processes that make sure if if certain data is not entered properly, then you get alerted. So everything is of a high quality. Right. But yeah, so basically, um, it, it's in the reporting of your system if everything if everything is going well. But again, I I I I can't uh, stress enough about being consistent and entering the data. Just taking the time to invest the time into entering the data in the process. It'll 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 pay for itself in, in leaps and bounds later. Yeah, and I think your point about the reporting is key because, uh, I mean, if we're a team of one, for example, then we're using the CRM to not lose track of people. But if we're a team that's bigger than one, maybe it's a team of five, team of ten, team of thirty in some cases, right? Um, we're using that data to create financial projections or forecasts. We're using that data to. Um, track performance to monitor um, results. If you've got sales reps on multiple sales reps on the team, which you should always have more than one, um, you can compare. You can say this person's doing really well, uh, this person's not doing as well. How come? 
right? And so you can have these, use this data to tell the story about the functions of your team. And usually if something's being neglected, like properly processing sales, uh, you know, you might have a rep say, hey, just close the sale. And then you go and look at the reports and it's not showing up. You've got a problem and it's a training issue. So leveraging CRM and these reports, uh, it's, there's a lot of benefits to it because it also builds in the training. It helps you identify opportunity for training before, you know, you have to find out because a client at the ball got dropped with a client. Right. Um, so I'd like to say numbers don't lie. And so if the story is not right in the numbers, then there's something else that is causing that. Uh, but it's the most honest way that you can look at your business. So that, that's right. And, and you just, and you just made a good point about training because most in, in most CRM systems, and a lot of companies, a lot of the data is is fairly poor quality because some of the people, salespeople just don't like to put in the data. They just don't make consistent data. So you have to be always doing reporting on it and providing training where training is provided. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. So now I told you we could plug the system that you, you prefer to use um, if you want to. I, I assume Absolutely. Okay, cool. Yeah. So tell us about this. So before we say this, I want to say there's there are lots of systems out there um that and different systems are great for specific use cases i've found some that are great for small businesses not great for big etc and so on there's free ones there's paid ones um but the one that i use personally and the one that craig promotes and is a reseller of is zoho there we go and why do you love zoho okay so before getting helping small businesses I, i i work for some of the biggest businesses around and they had software that basically did everything for that large business, okay? End-to-end, everything that business needed to do, that software could do. So obviously when I went working with small businesses, I needed a software that was both affordable and had and was similar in terms of functionality. So this company called Zoho, they have over 52 different business applications. So basically any client that I'm working with, I pretty much have everything I need. I just have to take all of the 52 applications. I'll take a certain subsection of them and I'll put them together into an end-to-end process right from the lead generation through to the final sale. Okay. Money goes in the bank. Uh, They have one product called Zoho One. That's the one that you're familiar with, Jeremy. And... um, It'll handle, again, everything right from the social media generating leads out of Facebook, LinkedIn, that sort of thing. Uh, One of their main products that I like is called Marketing Hub. It does all of the lead journey and that sort of thing, Uh, creating leads, managing, doing projects. You pretty much name it, this, this system can do it. So that's the reason that I like it because it makes my job easy. When I go to a client, we get their business requirements, and I can pretty much design any process for them using this program that's one thing that i'll say is that there's um there's some companies that have built crms that try to be all in one and what i found in my experience is that most traditional all-in-one solutions do a lot of things not as well as they could but what i like about zoho is that they actually have these separate apps that are built individually that stand alone and compete in the market but the Zoho One package allows you to combine them so that you get all your problems solved or a lot of your problems. I mean, I'm sure there's something it can't do. I'm just not sure what it is yet. Uh, but, you know, you can use all the pieces that are designed to integrate with each other. And in my experience, you get it gives you the ability to have tracking 
far beyond just the CRM, all in the places that it matters most to you. Well, exactly. And, you know, what, what I what I find is that selecting a business system for your business, I mean, it's it's the wild west out there. There are so many systems. People don't understand which one to pick. And what I with most of the clients that I run across, the first thing we need to do is to actually change their system, get them on the right system, get it configured for them. And then you see the magic happen. Their business starts to grow. Awesome. Awesome. So now, Craig, I want to go into what I consider to be my favorite part of the show, which is the lightning round. So I'm going to hit you with a few questions that we're going to get some creative answers from. Okay. So lightning round question number one, as we know, coffee's for closers. What's your favorite coffee or comparable drink? Americano. Americano. All right. All right. Uh, what's the number one book or movie that you recommend to sales reps or sales leaders? Um, the Psychology of Persuasion is by – it blows away all other sales books as far as I'm concerned. I've, I've read it multiple times, and I keep going back to it. I think it's the Bible when it comes to uh, sales persuasion. Absolutely. all It's all research-based. Yeah. Awesome. Love it. Um, who is someone that you've considered to be a mentor in your life? Oh, that's a good question. You're going to stump me on that one, I think. Oh, you get you, okay. We'll, we'll let you come back to that one. Okay, we will. Okay, great. Think, think of just somebody that's influenced you in a positive way. Um, it could be alive, not alive. Uh, they no, might have known they were a mentor. Maybe they didn't know they were a mentor. Like I, I often talk about how I consider Jim Rohn to be a mentor. Um, and he had passed before the majority of my professional career existed. Um, but while he was with us and, and far beyond, um, I found that his ability to simplify complex concepts is something that I, that, that almost gave me a superpower because I could take that same approach, uh, when dealing with things, especially with dealing with sales teams, they're very focused. They're very, um, outcome oriented. And they don't want the fluff. They want, tell me what I got to do to get the job done. Let's do it. Right. So I, I lean on, on Jim Rohn's teachings quite a bit for that. You know, I, I think I'd have from a, from a sales perspective, he's probably the guy that I've listened to the most as well. And I have to agree He's you know, he's to the point and certainly keeps makes things very, very simple. Awesome. Awesome. Now my final and most interesting question. What's the strangest thing you do in your daily routine to keep yourself on your game? Uh, I wouldn't call it the strangest thing, but the thing that I do, I'll call it religiously every day, is I meditate every day, and I find that that really resets everything. Um, so partway through the day, I do that, and then I just just keep on going from there. But I, I actually started doing that about two years ago, and it's absolutely amazing. Awesome. Awesome. There's something magic about giving yourself that space, right? Absolutely. Awesome. All right, so Craig, how can our audience find more about you? Okay, well, my website is uh, productive.ca. Uh, here we go. It's up on the screen right right now. So, so productive uh, spelled P-R-O-D-U-C-T-I-V-V dot C-A. because V-E wasn't available. So here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Branding based on domain. Times today, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. All right. So productive with two V's and no E dot CA. 
That's it. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Craig March. Thank you very much for joining us, Craig. It was a pleasure to have you on the show. And guys, we will see you next week, Wednesday, 2 p.m. Eastern, as you'll see us every single week. And for back episodes or replays of this one, go to salesteamrescue.com. We will see you next week for episode number 16. Cheers, all. Thanks. Thanks for joining me. Let's keep the conversation going. You can find more episodes and a link to join our online community over at salesteamrescue.com. If you haven't already, be sure to hit subscribe and give the show a review to help us reach more sales leaders like you. If you'd like our support in creating your own high-performance sales team, book a call with us at salesteamrescue.com. We'll be right back.